When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Roberts, and as always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. It's uh, it's been a little rainy here today. Supposed to be rainy all week. Good thing we got the grass cut here a few days ago, just in time for the water to come and uh, make it even more difficult to mow and to make the grass grow. Such is the joy of Mississippi summers at times, but it beats the drought, right? Listen, hope that you guys have had a good weekend. It's um, it's a big week. It's a big week. We'll find out later this week what the SEC plans to do college football season. Now, there uh, we've had some baseball over the weekend, had some preseason basketball. A lot of people are getting excited about things. And uh, it, it appears that the MLS bubble, and it's like 800 players that are in that bubble, zero positive tests, zero. Now, that won't make a lot of national news because it doesn't move the needle, right? It doesn't move the needle that you've got nearly 1,000 people, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, working to, for the betterment of a pro sports league and doing things correctly and not having any issues with the COVID outbreak. That won't, that won't make the national news, but it's true. Then on top of that, we've had some baseball, and, you know, now we've got 14 Florida Marlins that uh, have tested positive, and so as a result – the Philadelphia Phillies has quarantined and kind of shut down their visitor locker room because they've got to go in there and, uh, you know, basically clean the whole thing out and, and uh, get it ready so the Yankees won't be able to play tonight. And so there's a lot of panic out there right now about what's going to happen. You know, to hear some reports, the, the Marlins are actually uh, looking to sign some free agents to supplement their roster while these players go through quarantine. I guess they'll sign, you know, 10-day contracts or whatever. Now, other people are saying, well, they're going to cancel the season. I don't know. They had a uh, supposedly having an emergency meeting today, so I guess we'll find out. Probably by the time you listen to the show, we'll know. Uh, I'll be surprised if they cancel the season. I think there's probably some contingencies being put in place. What is amazing to me is how many people are surprised that people would still get infected. Okay, this is going to happen, and it doesn't mean that they got infected by playing baseball, but it does mean that they probably passed it around to each other because they were in close quarters. You know, and maybe what you do, maybe you eliminate the clubhouse. Maybe you have people come in, they, you show up from the team hotel ready to go, and you don't just sit around and pile around a clubhouse. I don't know, but I do know this, is that when we have people get together, whether they're athletes or not, there is the risk of some people being infected. That, that is just the reality of life. So we'll see what happens. I don't think it's all doom and gloom, but I could be surprised. But, uh, you know, NBA supposed to tip off their season here in a couple days. Uh, they've had guys in the bubble down there with the exception of, uh, of a guy that snuck out to go to a uh, family funeral and then uh, stopped by the Magic City Strip Club to get some chicken wings. Um, I, I don't know that the main attraction was the wings there. But uh, this is a family show, so I, I won't uh, I won't partake in any uh, pursuits of the flesh on the show. But uh, yeah, there's a lot going out. There's a lot. There's a lot to get you unnerved, and there are a lot of people again out there to kind of enjoy getting you unnerved because then you read their content, you share their content, you retweet their content. But again, nobody's invested in Major League Soccer. Nobody's talking about that, but they'll you know we'll have we'll have a negative situation out here, and we'll bleed that for all we can. And so, and I'm not trying to make light of it. I mean, obviously, when people get infected, uh, that's an issue. And so, I want to share a little story with you before I move on to the show. You know, so uh, I have had multiple people 
around me that have had the COVID virus. And so I, I recently spoke with Dave Johnson. You know, Dave Johnson's our friend. And, uh, you know, even prior to the merger and prior to Dave Johnson getting sick, Dave Johnson was my friend. And uh, Dave, to be honest with you, Dave was probably the only person in the Ole Miss media that I actually had a relationship with. Uh, you know, I could, I could reach out. We kind of compare notes, even though we were on different sides of the network. I mean, he worked for 247. I worked for Scout for a long time. And so, but if I had questions about Ole Miss and I wanted a straight answer, I went to Dave Johnson. Say, hey, you know, what's really going on with this kid? I mean, is Ole Miss really serious about this kid? And listen, he would tell me what he could. I mean, I don't think that he was, you know, giving me trade secrets or anything. But he would say, yeah, you know, there's a couple kids ahead of him. And so it was good to kind of get somebody on the other side of things to kind of, you know, compare notes with. And, uh, yeah, there'd be other times, too, they'd say, hey, listen, I don't think they're going to take this kid. Or, you know, Mississippi State seems to be doing good with the kid based on what I knew. So it was just kind of good to get that info. But I, but I reached out to Dave. I wanted to give him some time to get settled, you know, because we, uh, we had that, that deal in Nashville uh, back in March, the week of the SEC Men's Basketball Tournament. And uh, Dave was actually sick then. And we didn't know it. And we discussed this some on the show before. But uh, I, I didn't know a lot of the backstory and then kind of what happened after I left Dave. And he shared some of that with me. You know, his family had been up there for a couple of days. They took a holiday, man. They went up there and said, hey, let's go to Nashville. And we'll go to Broadway and have dinner. Let's have a good time. You know, and, and, and his son, Eli Johnson, uh, starting center there at Ole Miss. His girlfriend is at Clarksville, Tennessee. So it was easy. Let's just go make a family trip. And uh, Dave said he just started feeling bad. And, um, you know, by the time we got to the 247 convention, you know, he was already a couple days into this thing of not really feeling well. And, uh, and he told us that day we were hanging out. He goes, you know, I'm kind of, kind of dealing with something, you know, we, did, we, we kind of did the fist bump. We didn't shake hands or any of that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, Dave tells me that, um, you know, as things went on, those two days that we were there, and, you know, we're, there we are sitting together sharing oxygen and, uh, you know, you know, just kind of discussing the future of our company, that sort of stuff that he just kind of began to kind of deteriorate, that he just kind of began to feel even more peaked as he went. And so that night, Mike Nemeth and I are at dinner. We actually saved Dave a chair uh, because, again, Dave Johnson's our friend. And uh, so we were going to sit there and watch Mississippi State play Texas Tech in baseball and, uh, and have a steak on 247 Sports and Shannon Terry. It was a great time to kind of socialize with you know, Keith Nieper and those guys that, uh, you know, Jason Caldwell, our friends around the SEC. But Dave didn't make it to dinner. And uh, people just said, yeah, they wasn't feeling well, so he, he went on to bed. And, and you, you hated it, not just because we thought – at that point we didn't think COVID was a risk. You know, everybody was just kind of joking, oh, coronavirus, coronavirus. You know, it was a punchline at the time because we didn't understand how serious it was. But, uh, but nevertheless, nobody expected that to happen. And so then Dave tells me, you know, that he'd get back to the room and just kind of just basically collapse in the bed, is exhausted – uh, wondered if he's going to be able to get back to Oxford. Gets back to Oxford. Next thing you know, things are going poorly. Uh, things are going really bad. And back in those days, and that was in the infancy of all of this, and so they didn't have a lot of testing materials. Took some time for him to get tested. And Dave said something I thought was, you know, it really touched me. You know, Dave's like, you know what, you know, as bad as I was feeling at times, I, wor- I worried about you guys. Yeah, there he was, you know, hoping the rest of us didn't have it. You know, because at that point we didn't know when he got it, how he got it, or, you know, if perhaps, uh, you know, we were all going to be infected. Um, But I had a chance to just visit with Dave a little bit. Man, it was an emotional conversation, you know, because Dave is such a good guy. I mean, you know, it's one of those things, uh, you know, so universally accepted is that, you know, Dave was just a good person. And, uh, you know, he he mentioned some things, too. He goes, man, you know, I wrote that article, and I didn't want to leave anybody out or anything, hurting anybody's feelings. I'm thinking, Dave, you don't have to explain any of that, man. We're just all glad you're back. And so I thought, well, that was going to be my closest brush with the coronavirus, but I was wrong. And so my oldest daughter, uh, in her infinite college wisdom, decided that she would go to California here a few weeks back. Uh, I told her I didn't want her to go, but uh, she is above the age of 21 and uh, decided, you know what, I'm going to go. And I said, hey, I can't tell you not to go, but I'm telling you not to go. Well, she went, and I said, hey, if, if, you're gonna, if, you, if you have to go, if you just fuck it, you just have to go for the experience or whatever, then let me, let me pay for the hotel room. Uh, and so I did, and uh, she gets back, and I go pick her up at the airport, and she's tired and exhausted, and uh, took her to eat uh, country fried steak there at, uh, at Primo's, there on uh, Lakeland. Had a great time. I drive her back, and uh, two days later, she says, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm positive. I'm COVID positive. 
And so she had contracted it out in California and uh, didn't get sick. I think she got a headache for a couple of days, kind of a low-grade headache, maybe low-grade fever, but no other symptoms. And, uh, and she came out of this thing okay. But it's one of those things you look at, you know, you have these brushes with this, and then you begin to you read some of the other stories, and you begin to think, you know, well, listen, how, how fortunate am I to be in a situation that I'm in, that I've been around people, and then they've passed away. And then last night I find out that uh, my stepfather's first cousin passed away from complications from COVID. He did have some underlying conditions, but uh, uh, his wife initially had it, and then she beat it, but she transmitted the, the virus to her husband, and he didn't beat it. And so it is a difficult day, for sure, for all involved. Uh, but I say that to say this, is that uh, there are a lot of people out there that are saying, you know, well, uh, there's no big deal. Listen, I have been around multiple people now and have people close to me that have been impacted by this, and there is no rhyme or reason to any of this. So please, please, please be safe and take care of yourself. Uh, I'm not going to be one of these hardline people because, you know, listen, I, I, I'm a live and let live person. But I'm going to tell you, uh, if we really want the other people to live, we've got to take care of ourselves and be responsible and uh, not pretend that there's just nothing out there because that's what happens. It's, it's almost, it's like everything else. It's like, you know, drug addiction or anything else. Everybody says, you know what, it, it won't happen to me. They won't say the words, but that's how they feel. It won't happen to me until it does. So please protect yourself and those around you. All right, Bulldog Burger Company, I got a message earlier. of One of our Boneyard listeners tweeted at me first thing this morning. Uh, I said, hey, listen, I went to Bulldog Burger Company for the first time. I had the pimentology add bacon, and it changed his life. It was like a religious experience. It's Derek T. Smith on Twitter. Derek Smith, big Bulldog fan, uh, husband to Alice, dad to Chase, Brent, and Stacy. Mississippi State grad, dog for life, baseball junkie out of Huntsville, Alabama. So, yeah, you need to go and check it out for yourself because you folks think I'm just whistling Dixie out here, and I'm not. I'm telling you, I would not partner with people that did not produce a quality product. That's exactly what you're going to get at Bulldog Burger Company. Two locations now to serve you right here on University Drive in Stark, Vegas, and then on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Go find your own favorites, but I'm telling you, the Pimentology Ad Bacon That'll put some hair on your chest right there, guys. That'll do it. And while you're eating that manly burger, you know, if the wife wants to get, you know, the BLT or, or get the, uh, the grilled cheese sandwich is really good or get a salad, you've got an assortment of items to choose from there. You can be health conscious there or you can have a cheat day there. It's completely up to you. Bulldog Burger Company, the place for people in Starkville and now Tupelo, go to meet. M-E-A-T. Okay, let's get in a couple things here. Our top story today at Mississippi State. Mississippi State picks up a basketball transfer. Javian Davis, a Canton, Mississippi native, has joined the program after transferring from the University of Alabama. Mississippi State did not really recruit him out of high school. And I'm told it's because listen, he was about 40 to 50 pounds overweight and uh, really had not embraced the weight room or made a real condition, uh, made a commitment to physical fitness. And so he goes over to Alabama and uh, actually played as a redshirt freshman last year. Started 14 games, uh, 6.1 points per game, 3.8 rebounds, and uh, was a dandy dozen out of Canton High School. You know, so this is not, you know, a guy that, uh, you know, just has kind of been a late bloomer. This is a guy that was a very good high school player, uh, 6'9", 240. I guess it's probably closer to 6'8", 6 But the thing that I heard about, too, is like, man, if this guy was really 6'8", and 300 or two, pardon me, 290 pounds in high school or thereabouts. Why wouldn't he an offensive tackle? Why didn't somebody go get that guy? My goodness. But now he's headed to Mississippi State. And uh, listen, it's big for a lot of reasons, but we need some help in the post. Everybody kind of understands that this is a team that uh, has kind of become very guard oriented through some attrition. And listen, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, well, you know, hey, this is going to be a great team. Because at this point, I don't believe it. I think the proof is in the pudding. But this is a step in the right direction. I think being able to go out and, and add a couple transfers to go along with these young guys is important because anytime that you're starting freshman, anytime you're having to, to go kind of deep into your bench and you're playing freshman, uh, there is going to be a huge acclimation period, especially in men's basketball. The game moves so fast. I mean, it really, really does. It's a different level. There's a different level of athleticism that most of these guys have never seen. Even though they've played the AAU uh, circuit and everybody thinks that they're you know, the greatest thing, even 
mid-major teams have big-time players on the college level. And so the game moves really fast, especially on the defensive end. And, uh, and so it takes a while. But uh, this is a guy that comes in and can provide some depth in the post. And so people forget to – it's kind of run this thing down just in case you've forgotten. Mississippi State's had the, the attrition this year. You had four guys transfer out, and then you had three guys declare for the draft. Well, we know Reggie Perry signed with an agent. We know Nick Litterspoon signed with an agent. And then uh, Robert Woodard has a decision to make here in the next few days. The last I heard on that is he was leaning towards coming back. But we'll see what happens. Needs a guaranteed first-round pick to stay in. If he doesn't get it, he's coming back. And, he, and, and if he doesn't get what he wants, he should come back. There's no benefit in playing this thing out to see what your options are. But Mississippi State has now added – five signees and two transfers so you have your normal attrition which you didn't you know it wasn't like it was a big senior class last year but uh, you had some some guys pick up and leave and so you've replaced those numbers but now you've got to figure out a way to get everybody to play together that's that's the big part of it now is how do we develop some chemistry that some of these guys are here some other ones will join soon uh but yeah javian davis is a guy that should be able to help us as a rebounder and this is a guy that again Played last year for Alabama. Uh, and listen, that's a very guard-oriented team, too. So this is, you know, this is a good opportunity for both of us. He's coming home. He's announced. It's a done deal. Uh, but, you know, again, it's Mississippi State men's basketball needed some good news. And listen, to give Ben Howland credit, and, and listen, I, I am probably among the most critical at times because I, I'm a firm believer in that you judge coaches on wins and losses. And I know that people say, well, Steve, it's so much more than that. There's, there's graduation rates and um, – there's community service, and all that is true. And I'm sure you can find a bunch of that down at Bellhaven or Millsaps. I'm sure you can go down there and you can find a lot of people that are great kids, that are great guys in their community. But this is the Southeastern Conference, and uh, we have got to move ahead. We've got to be able to go find guys that can win games for us and play above the rim. And so, again, to give Ben Howland some credit, we had some attrition, but some of that attrition needed to happen. We had some guys on this team that were not SEC players. Some of those he signed. Uh, but the bottom line is this, is that uh, we needed to kind of purge the roster. We have done some of that. Now, some of that I believe is probably, well, I don't think anybody would ever admit it. There is sometimes that you uh, you can kind of politely encourage guys, that, hey, you know what, you're probably going to find minutes somewhere else. I think Prince Adoro is one of those guys. I, I think that he was a pro- basically a body, a guy that come in and kind of provide some depth. Uh, but, you know, you had some kids that have come in here. You know, I thought Elias King could possibly be a player for us. But, uh, you know, some of these other guys, they're misses on a recruiting trail. And uh, you start chasing that. You get on that hamster wheel. And next thing you know, you know, it's difficult to maintain any type of consistency or stability. And so, uh, but I do think that we have gone out and we have signed some good players. We have added some good transfers that can help us be a better basketball team this year. And now we'll see what happens kind of moving forward. But, uh, again, uh, again, I'm, again, I'm, I'm one of those kind of people that I'm. I have probably been labeled a bit of a of a Mississippi Statements basketball cynic, and I, I wear that proudly uh, because, again, I, I think we should be doing more than what we have. But give Ben Howland some credit for not just panicking and going out there and just kind of getting some warm bodies to replace the guys that were leaving. He went out and got quality players, and so I believe that's, uh, that's an important step forward. And we'll just kind of see how things progress from there. But uh, uh, there is some discussion that uh, Davis will have the opportunity to play this year. Now, all four of the players that transferred out of Mississippi State and to other programs have already been granted their year of eligibility. And that was one of the things that, you know, with Keyshawn Fazell, even though we were told behind the scenes that uh, he had kind of been told that uh, he would have the opportunity to play immediately this year. They're going to be very lax on those waivers this year because of all this pandemic stuff. The NCAA doesn't want the optics of all that. You know, kid makes a decision to move around or whatever and get a little closer to home, which is the case also for for Javian Davis. Uh, they say, hey, you know, you got to sit. You got to sit. So they're going to be very lax with that unless they're really, you know, some obvious transfers that are because of competitive reasons. You know, so – I think Javian Davis, like the rest of these guys, will be granted his year and be able to play immediately. That's what I expect to happen. And uh, I haven't done a lot of research on it and talked to people at Mississippi State. But, I, again, in advance of all of this, I was told that this year they're going to be very, very lax with waivers. 
uh, as we saw with uh, Jari and Jones and Fabian Lovett going to Florida State, I mean, they're actually getting farther away from home and going to what is considered a blue blood program, and then they're eligible to play. And I know that makes some people angry, but listen, I'm okay with every bit of that. I'm okay, listen, let's just kind of move forward uh, with every bit of that because I think, again, Mississippi State you know, kind of has to kind of acclimate to learn to do, to, you know, to find some people to fill those spots when they're too deep. But, uh, you know, as far as the rest of that goes, we'll just kind of move forward. Uh, I don't think that, that, again, as I said last week, I don't think that that situation is completely over for everybody. I don't think that's under a rug swept just yet. But we'll see. But, uh, but again, so Javion Davis, that's the story of the day today. Javion Davis joins Mississippi State men's basketball team. Uh, real you know, forward guy, come in here and do a good job for us. And, uh, again, excited to have him home. And, again, I really, really hope that we turn this thing around because I believe there's a young nucleus – this year that could be, you know, better going forward. You know, we, we when when Ben first got here, you know, we had that great class and uh, we signed a bunch of great players and uh, we didn't get much out of it. We just didn't. That's the reality of it. We didn't get much out of it. We did get one return to the NCAA tournament. We were upset in the first round by the Liberty Flames. It's almost like not going to the tournament. It was very disappointing. Very, 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 very disappointing. But, uh, you know, with Keandre Montgomery and some of these other guys coming up, I think we've got a chance to put a pretty good product on the floor. So we'll see what happens. I remind you, our good friends at Hawthorne here to serve you. Very, very happy to serve you and to help you get into a situation where you are the best-smelling man in your circle of friends. Listen, everybody else is buying the same crap they wore years ago, and they're all wearing the same stuff like we're all in some episode of the Jersey Shore. You can stand apart. By getting a fragrance that matches your personal preferences. Let me encourage you to go to Hawthorne.co. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co. And take the little two-minute quiz. I don't even think it takes two minutes. And then they will then pair you up with, with fragrances that fit your personal preferences. You can get shampoo, conditioner. You can get body wash. You get the cologne. And the cologne's the greatest. I'm telling you. You think I'm joking. I'm not. You get the work scent, the play scent, you get deodorant, you can get an antiperspirant. There's anything you need to feel more manly and to feel better about smelling good as a man. You can find right there at Hawthorne.co and use promo code Boneyard and save yourself a little cash. Again, that's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co, promo code Boneyard. Let me give you a quick programming note before we get into top 10 list. I am supposed to have my first granddaughter. I am not going to birth her, but my daughter-in-law is supposed to birth my first granddaughter uh, either late Wednesday night or Thursday. So I will record Friday's show on Thursday evening before I make the trip to Arkansas to hold and meet my new granddaughter. It would be the first one. Be a new generation in the Rose Bowl family. And so... I will record that on Thursday night, and then I will post that in the wee hours of Friday morning, and then I will hit the road. So you won't have to wait around, Fred. You won't have to wait around for the late afternoon posting like you are today, but uh, I will have that done for you on Friday. So be prepared for that. So when you wake up Friday morning, chances are you'll have a new boneyard, okay? So we'll have a regular scheduled episode on Wednesday and then uh, probably will find me early on Friday. And so then by that time, too, hopefully we'll have some good news to share. And so keep our fingers crossed and keep those prayers coming. We appreciate all your support uh, for the extended family. So top ten list today. And I, and I got a lot of positive comments about Rod Stewart. People said it was so great, too. It was like 50-50. I had some people said, hey, Steve, I agree with you. Hot legs probably should have been number one. And then everybody else is like, no, you got it right. Maggie May, definitely number one. I've listened to a lot of Rod Stewart over the last few days, too. Kind of turned my, my college-age girls onto it, too. I said, hey, you guys don't understand. Rod Stewart was the deal for a while. And if you haven't done so, let me encourage you, too. If, if you like Rod Stewart, and you should, go go find the American Songbook and listen to that. And that's uh, Rod singing, you know, some great American standards. You know, because he went through a phase there that um, – he didn't write for a while because he'd lost his confidence as a songwriter. And so he began to cover a lot of songs because he still wanted to perform and he enjoyed getting up on stage for everybody. But uh, one of the best Rod Stewart quotes of all time, because, you know, Rod's been married a handful of times and uh, had some other relationships that were longstanding that uh, did not require a ring. But uh, he made a comment a while back. He said, 
I'm not going to get married again. So rather than get married again, I'm just going to find a woman that I don't like and give her a house. And uh, I thought that was, uh, that's about as probably as good as it gets. But uh, be that as it may, I hope that uh, you guys, your marriages are all doing well. You're not having to give anybody your house. All right, so here's the top 10 list today. We're not going music today. We're going sports. Today's top 10 list, courtesy of the homie Will Moore. Will reaches out and says, Steve, how about a top 10 list of Mississippi-born football players? And you know what? I got you. And here's something else, too, that I'll tell you. About this top 10 list, there aren't any guys on this list that went and played at that school up north. How about that? And you can say that I'm a homer, and I don't care. I don't care because anybody that would pick Archie Manning over Brett Favre is kidding themselves. All right, so here we go. The top ten list, Mississippi-born football players. Most of these are old-timers, okay? Let me go ahead and tell you that. Number ten, Marcus Dupree. Now, one of the reasons he's not higher is because he didn't have much of a pro career. You guys know that he got injured and uh, was not the same. But had a chance to see Marcus when I was a kid. I didn't really appreciate what I was seeing at the time. We went to a game in high school, and he never got tackled. He didn't get tackled the whole game. And Philadelphia destroyed whoever it was. Maybe an enterprise for somebody, but they just, just destroyed him. And I remember going to that game with my dad, and the couple sitting next to us were from the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and it was a guy who was a retired football coach and just wanted to come see the legend. Because back in those days, guys, we didn't have the Internet. We didn't have, you know, we basically depended on the, the Clarion Ledger. That was the, the most widely circulated paper in the state of Mississippi. And so – when the ledger wrote a story about a kid, it was a big deal. It's not like it is today. I mean, it's still nice, but it's not the big deal that it was back in those days. But the legend of Marcus Dupree spread far and wide through this great state of ours, and people from all over the state made it a point to go watch him play because everybody was talking about how great he was. And let me tell you this, for somebody that, even though I was a kid, I can tell you he was everything they said he was. And if you haven't seen that 30 for 30, the greatest that never was, you should go watch it. Marcus Dupree, number 10 on the list. Uh, number 9 on the list is actually from my hometown, though he claims Pascagoula because he left as a young child and moved to Pascagoula and probably cost Columbia High School multiple state championships. But that is former Mississippi State cornerbacks coach Terrell Buckley, currently at Ole Miss, and so that's the only way a Rebel's going to make this list. But T-Buck was the dude, won the Jim Thorpe Award at Florida State, an incredible guy, an incredible coach. Wish he was still here. Uh, be that as it may, we can appreciate the great career he had. Won a Super Bowl ring with New England. Uh, ha- happy to see that happen for him. And uh, you know, happy to have see him have a chance to come back to the state of Mississippi. Number eight on the list, Steve McNair. Also, I remember this too, and for you young bucks who don't appreciate this, Steve McNair was so great at Alcorn State that ESPN began regularly televising Alcorn State games because there was so much national attention about Steve McNair because of what he was doing. People were thinking, how in the world did this guy escape the big schools in Mississippi? Mississippi State recruited him as a safety, but he really wanted to play quarterback. It shows the mistake we made. And I remember, and I probably still have it somewhere, but on the cover of Sports Illustrated was a picture of Steve McNair with an Alcorn State uniform on, and it said, hand him the Heisman. That's how good he was. Then he went on to a great career with Tennessee Titans. and, and had. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. 
So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. They, uh, an untimely death. Steve McNair should have won a Super Bowl. A lot of people in Mississippi could kind of unite behind Steve McNair and put our differences aside because they were so happy for a kid from Mount Olive. Number seven on my list, and even though he's still playing, I'm putting him on a list because he is one of the most dominant players in the National Football League today, and that is Yazoo City's own Fletcher Cox. Number seven, I believe he is one of the greatest players that this state has ever birthed. Big money, big production, in the Pro Bowl every year. Uh, we're witnessing a Hall of Fame career right now. If he stays healthy, he will be a first bout Hall of Famer. I don't think there's any question. If you look at his numbers, and, and let's be honest too, Philadelphia is not a glitzy franchise. It's not like he's playing in New York. It's not like he's getting a ton of press because of the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles are a uh, well-known franchise. That's not the situation. Fletcher Cox is creating his own lane. Very happy for him. Every time Fletcher comes back, every time I see him, he smiles. And he he greets me with a hug. He's just one of those kind of guys he has not forgotten from whence he has come. Number six on the list. Didn't have a great pro career, but man, from Natchez, Mississippi, Hugh Green went to Pittsburgh, played for Jackie Sherrill, uh, was in a league for a while, played on some bad teams. But uh, Hugh Green, you know, was kind of that guy you know, we talk about all the time. Hey, Cam Akers or you know Colin Hill or uh, you know those big name kids that uh, seemed to be too big for the in-state schools back in those days. That was the case, and Hugh Green went up to Pitt and uh, had a big a big career for Jackie Sherrill. Uh, number five on the list is from my birthplace. Guy won four Super Bowl rings, and uh, up until a couple years ago, you could go to a Canton High School football game, and this guy's sister would uh, would sell you a ticket to go see Canton High School play, and that's L.C. Greenwood of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Again, won four Super Bowls, and L.C. Uh, is one of those guys too, kind of an unheralded name on those great Steeler defenses. But uh, you go back and look up his numbers and you realize what a great career he really had. Number four on the list, to me, and there, there may be one or two people that you, we could make an argument should be on this list. I don't think so. I, I think this is without a doubt the best ten players. Uh, but to me, the top four are the top four. I, 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 it's difficult in my mind to really crack this top four. And number four on my list is Jackie Slater. Jackie Slater, man, a pro's pro, played 20 years in the National Football League. The Rams retired his jersey. He is an NFL uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer. Played on some bad teams, too. And, man, was Mr. Consistency 
uh, arguably one of the best left tackles to ever play in the National Football League, Jackie Slater. And again, didn't play at Slater Ole Miss. Matter of fact, State only has one kid on this list. Ole Miss has zero. But Southern Miss has a kid, and that's uh, Brett Favre. Number three on the list to me, Brett Favre. Brett, a phenomenal player. Matter of fact, I had a chance to see his first game against Tulane. Uh, one of those deals where back in those days, Southern Miss would pretty much, like if you if you would go to Jenny Jungle, you could almost get free tickets you know, like with your purchase. I mean, like if you, if you just like back in those days, the people were so desperate to get you to go to a game. And so uh, my good friend Shelby Stogner, some of you may know Shelby, his dad, Shelby Sr., somehow managed to get us some tickets. And uh, we went over and watched Brett Favre and Southern Miss play Tulane. And uh, if I remember correctly, Southern Miss had a quarterback go down to injury, and another guy was ineffective, and they put Favre in the game. Favre leads them back, and they beat Tulane, and the rest, they say, is history. And then he goes on and wins the Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers and uh, had a tremendous career. And uh, listen, I remember when when Southern beat Florida State, uh, the, the front page of the Clarion Ledger had a picture of Favre, and all it said was 30 to 26. That's it. Easily the biggest win in Southern Miss football history, without question. Listen, that goes back to you know, early 80s, I guess 80-81, Southern Miss beat Alabama-Auburn in the same year. Uh, and I believe beat Mississippi State that, that year as well, and they had those Alabama State championship shirts built but uh, or printed. But Brett Favre, that is the, the name at Southern Miss. And uh, listen, I know there's been some things that have happened off the field in my mind that doesn't taint his legacy as a player. Number two, from right down the road here, from Crawford, Mississippi, Octavia County's own Jerry Rice, greater receiver to ever play, the most the smoothest route runner to ever play. And again, this is a guy that grew what three inches, four inches in college. A guy that showed people what it was like to work, that it wasn't just about getting by on athleticism. Jerry Rice, incredible work ethic. It's one of those things too, you it's 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 locked to begin to think about, you know, how could Mississippi State not have taken Jerry Rice just down the road here. But it is what it is. Jerry had his own path. And Jerry goes to Mississippi Valley. And uh, I remember watching that game on that Alcorn State game, Mississippi Valley game on television. Nobody huddled for for all day. And uh, it was a general admission game. And uh, it was packed. And there were so many people there. They put it on TV. And Alcorn State won the game. And I think everybody in the state was rooting for Jerry Rice because, you know, we'd never had anything like that. You know, Willie Sky Totten. Jerry Rice, Archie the Gunslinger Cooley. I mean, hey, it was, it was great. But number one for me, and not just because he is the greatest, but he also was a hero of mine when I was growing up. From my hometown, recently had a birthday. That's Walter Payton from Columbia High School, Jackson State, and the Chicago Bears. A guy that was loyal to his team through the end and uh, should have gotten a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I still don't know how Matt Suey and Refrigerator Perry get one and Walter Payton doesn't. But, um, you know, I've read Mike Ditka's comments over the years and said, I just didn't think about it, you know. And Walter never complained about it. But, uh, you know, it would have been nice. But uh, be that as it may, he did get a Super Bowl win in 85, arguably one of the greatest defenses, the 46th zone of the 85 Bears, one of the greatest defenses in the history of the game of football. Buddy Ryan was the architect of that defense. So Walter Payton was the guy that was a long-suffering Chicago Bear that struggled through many lean years until they finally built a team around him. And that's the thing that makes what he did so amazing, that you consider the numbers that he put up and the career that he put together on some really bad teams, many years not even making the playoffs. Was a freshman at Columbia High School, didn't get to play. Couldn't play as a freshman at Columbia High School until the ninth grade year was over. And then back in those days, Coach Boston had a rule that uh, freshmen were freshmen. So on Friday nights, Walter Payton at Columbia High School played the drums in the marching band while his brother, Eddie, was a star on the football field. Then Eddie graduated. He wore number 22. When he graduated, he passed it down to Walter. And then Walter became Walter. And there were a lot of schools in the state of Mississippi back in those days. Things, times were different. I'm not excusing that. Walter Payton was not given an opportunity to play at the predominantly white schools in the state of Mississippi. And how foolish is all that look in hindsight now? It's incredibly foolish. But Walter Payton didn't exactly light it up at Jackson State early on, but uh, you know, he did enough and figured it out. But uh, Walter Payton, the greatest 
Mississippi-born football player of all time. If you have an idea for a top 10 list, reach out and let me know. I'll do my best to get to them all. And, again, I'm only going to talk about ones that I think I can do justice to, but I appreciate your suggestions. I have one guy reach out to me and say, I hadn't come up with a good top 10 list yet, but I'm thinking about it. Well, that's okay. Get them together. we got plenty of time. Campus Bookmart, longtime sponsors of this show, man. Big, I'm a big fan of Campus Bookmart. I shared with their, their tweet earlier. They got those new Mississippi State mask in. It looks like masks are going to be here for a while. A lot of discussion that if you're going to attend football games this fall, you're going to have to wear a mask. So you might as well get a Mississippi State mask as a game day uh, uniform edition. Let me encourage you, v- visit them at campusbookmart.net. You can load up on those masks, get yourself some new shirts, get yourself a hat, anything that you need Mississippi State apparel-wise. You can find right there at campusbookmart.net and use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, and that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Again, campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR. We're going to talk about some football stuff and some recruiting stuff, but I wanted to get to a couple things earlier with some controversy over the weekend. As you guys are well aware, that uh, Ole Miss starting linebacker, arguably the best defensive player, potentially the best player on their team, Sam Williams, was arrested over the weekend. And there's a couple things that I want to say about that because there's so much out there that, uh, you know, it's almost like the game of gossip. When, when somebody says something, the next thing you know, by the time it gets around the table, it's something completely different. And so – Anytime that there is any allegation of uh, sexual misconduct, that there is nothing in any of that that anybody should ever celebrate, ever, ever. And uh, I have read some of the posts and the social media postings where people that said that uh, Mississippi State people were gleeful. I, I haven't seen any of those posts from anybody. And listen, we have uh, listen. We've got an internet community at times that has some lunatic lunatic fringe in it. I don't mean at Gene's page, but even though that's sometimes we have a chore there too, you know, kind of keeping things, uh, you know, friendly. But I haven't seen any of that. But I've seen some people kind of remark about that, kind of casting aspersions at Mississippi State folks. Uh, but let me just again say for the record that there's nobody anywhere that is celebrating at any point anybody being arrested for sexual misconduct and certainly with a victim involved in other or an alleged victim potential victim uh, i believe we should take people at their word when they make those allegations because uh it's a very serious matter but there is a legal process in place uh that will determine guilt or innocence and uh, i still believe in the presumption of innocence and that's one of the reasons that i haven't commented on this uh there's so many people that want to draw you into this kind of stuff and feel like oh well you should say this or you should make a comment on this. You know, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. That any time that, that an Ole Miss player gets in trouble, I always kind of hold my breath a little bit because at some point we're all going to get a turn. There is no one school that has the corner on the market of kids doing foolish things. Now, ordinarily we're talking about, you know, a kid, you know, getting a, a public drunk or disorderly conduct or something like that. But you can bet your bottom dollar, more times than not, what comes around goes around. And so I'm not saying that there's going to be a bulldog charge on a felony, but it's just I, I've always just felt like when you begin to take glee in the misfortune of others, especially over something like this, that life and karma has a way of kind of paying that back. And so I, I'm proud to say, again, that I have not seen much of that in the Mississippi State community where people have, you know, I've seen, I've, I have seen more people suggesting that we are somewhat gleeful or happy about that. Uh, I I think I speak for all of us and say that we are never going to rejoice about an allegation of sexual misconduct. I mean, it's just not that somebody would be arrested for sexual battery. That is nothing to celebrate. There's nothing anybody anywhere involved with Mississippi State that was high-fiving over that. And uh, I'm glad to say that's the case. Uh, And if there have been some of that, I haven't seen any of it. And to be honest with you, I've gone and looked for it. Because when I read these reports, I'm thinking, man, how shameful could that be? But I haven't. I haven't seen it. And so if it has been out there, good on you other message boards for kind of keeping it clean. Uh, but, again, I, I think we're better than that. And, again, I think it's important to understand that, that, that they're going to, we at some point are going to have a, a college kid do something dumb again. Because that's what young people do. Young people do foolish things. And there's some people saying, oh, well, not me. Yeah, yeah, you too. It may not be as foolish, 
you know, I might hold the, uh, I might be the standard bearer and all that. But the bottom line is this, is that, uh, you know, young people sometimes lack good judgment. And so if you're one of those folks that when you heard the news, you're thinking, oh, this is great or whatever, you know, I, I don't see anything good about it. There's no way you can make me feel good about an allegation of you know, sexual battery with any player from any school at any time. I, again, I don't think it's anything to celebrate, and I think that, that at the end of this, if the allegations are true, then uh, I hope for justice for the victim. If the allegations are untrue, then I hope for the exoneration of uh, the accused. But uh, I'm not going to get in, into this war of words and all this kind of stuff and people want to suggest and, uh, you know, vilify certain people because, uh, you know, they think we should look or act in a certain way. But that's my take on it. Again, nothing gleeful can be gleaned from any of that. There's nothing positive about that situation for anybody involved. And anybody that thinks so is a pretty sick individual. All right, so let's get into some recruiting stuff. Uh, because I think that's more important at this point. I just wanted to kind of set the record straight there. Uh, spent a lot of time talking to recruits over the weekend. Ran a bunch of that stuff up over on Gene's page, and uh, some of it free, some of it VIP. If you're not a member, you should be. But if you're not, you want to go check out and see what we're talking about, you can do it and uh, see some of our free content. I know our, our JV and Davis basketball commitment story today is free, and you can go read that. Paul Jones did a good job kind of staying on top of that situation. But uh, – you know, we've got some football stuff we're working towards and a lot of offensive line recruiting. That's one thing some people are kind of wondering about. Okay, Steve, we're going to sign five OLs. That's cool, but we've got one guy committed. What gives? And so we're working on some of that over the weekend. I have, uh, I have spoken to Gabe Cavazos out of Lake Cormorant High School. That's up there in uh, DeSoto County, for those of you that are unfamiliar with that. The Gators and uh, their head coach, Nick Nestor. I've been in contact with Nick. I've been in contact with Cameron Olson. He's also a coach up there. And I've been in contact with Gabe. And this is a guy, Gabe Cavazos, is a guy that's getting a rising level of interest from Mississippi State. 6'5", 292 pounds, uh, physical, quiet off the field, violent on the field, which is kind of how I like the offensive lineman to be. You know what I'm saying? Uh, listen, you, you go to the buffet and you get one plate, sir, and you get your food and you go sit down. But when we get ready to go out there and tee it up on the field, I want you to knock the stuff out of somebody. Uh, that's what we expect to see. When you turn his huddle video on, that is what you see. You see a guy that is still kind of raw in his development, but you see there is some natural ability there. Uh, again, a developmental guy, when you're going to take five offensive linemen, you're going to get one or two guys that are going to be a little bit unpolished. And that's, you know, that's the deal with offensive linemen. It's one of the points that I have made many times, and I learned this years ago uh, with my mentor, Scott Kennedy, Jimmy Newberg. Those are guys that I really valued their opinions. And, uh, you know, Kennedy used to tell me, he goes, if you look and see where skill guys come from, they come from the Power Five. They come from the Blue Blood programs. They come from USC, Miami, Florida State, Ohio State. But offensive linemen come from absolutely everywhere. I mean, we just talked about Jackie Slater. You know, one of the greatest offensive tackles in the history of the game. Went to, a, went to a HBCU out of the swag. And so offensive linemen mature and develop at a different rate. And so if you look at what Mississippi State has done over the last decade, you know, I would say Derek Sherrod, probably the most decorated and highly coveted offensive line recruit of the Dan Mullen uh, era, even though he signed – with Sylvester Croom. My point being is that, you know, from that this past decade, Derek Sherrod's the one guy you looked at and said, man, everybody wanted that kid. But by and large, we're getting the three-star scratch and dent kid that's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder that has something to prove. And I think John Havasey did a great job kind of developing those guys. And look at what Marcus John Johnson did, kind of polishing, you know, guys like Darrell Williams and Elton Jenkins. Uh, you know, Deion Calhoun. These are guys that uh, Marcus inherited uh, that kind of came to Mississippi State with something to prove. And so we have won a lot of football games with guys like Ben Beckwith and Dylan Day. And so it's about finding the guys that fit your culture. They're willing to work. They're coming here and willing to put in the effort and time to be great. And so when I see guys like Gabe Cavazos, I think, you know what, this is in line with what we have been successful with in the past decade or so. Now, that's not to say that I don't want that four-star kid. I do. I want the most talented guy out there. But listen, if we're going to go sign five kids, we're going to sign some kids that are going to be a little bit scratch and dent. 
And those kids, a lot of time, have a bit of a chip on their shoulder, and they work a little bit harder because of the fact that they constantly feel a need to, to, to prove themselves. Uh, I like what I'm hearing about offensive line recruiting, and I think it's going to be one of those deals, too, where it's not going to be a highly ranked offensive line class, but I think there's going to be a lot, a lot of raw ability in this class that will then be developed, and uh, a couple of years we'll load back and kind of snicker uh, like we did several years ago when we begin to look around the rest of the league and see that we've got a group of bullies up front beating people up that nobody else really wanted. You know, when, when I think about the offensive line play that we've had at times, you know, when you go back, I remember, you know, I guess it was uh, 2010, Gator Bowl year. You can start, we talked about Derek Sherrod. Derek Sherrod, Quentin Salisbury, uh, J.C. Brignani, Tobias Smith, Addison Lawrence. That's your offensive line left to right. And every one of those guys, Mississippi kids, Sherrod, the only one of them with four stars next to his name. Uh, we beat out Ole Miss for Quentin Salisbury. They recruited him as a D-tackle. Uh, J.C. Brignoni, I guess we beat out Southern Miss and some, some directional schools for him. Uh, Tobias Smith was a guy we had to kind of flip from Southern Miss late in the process. And Addison Lawrence, I think we beat Arkansas State for him. Arguably the best offensive line of the Dan Mullen era. And all those guys, you know, recruited by Sylvester Croom uh, and J.B. Grimes. And J.B. Grimes kind of an underappreciated hero of that era. But all Mississippi guys, and again, developmental guys, but guys that came in here where that uniform, it, and that's not to say that every kid that shows up isn't motivated to do well. I just believe that a lot of, especially when it comes to offensive linemen, those guys in the trenches, D-line, whatever, I think there is a need to prove something physically for those guys. They grow up on farms. They grow up baling hay. They grow up picking peas and driving tractors. And, you know, those are guys that, uh, you know, they're physical, and they're Mississippi kids, and I think they take a lot of pride, in fact, in being from Mississippi, kind of being undiscovered and being from small-town Mississippi. And in case you forgot there, that's Derek Sherrod from Caledonia, Quinn Salts- Salisbury from Independence. J.C. Brignoni was a St. Stan kid, but he was from out in the country. Uh, Tobias Smith from Columbus, Mississippi, and Addison Lawrence from Coldwater. I think the next argument you can make is you go back to that 14, that's, uh, you know, it's Blaine Clausell, a two-star from Baker High School outside of Mobile, Alabama. Gabe Jackson, a three-star kid that uh, Auburn and LSU passed on and State beat Ole Miss for him out of Amite County. That's Liberty, Mississippi, the home of Jerry Clower, for those that are wondering. Dylan Day, a two-star kid from West Monroe, a very highly touted high school. We were so late getting his film, nobody ever really properly evaluated him. Uh, because, you know, he was a kid that LSU didn't want. And he had committed to Louisiana Tech, and we flipped him on signing day. All over a math class, you know. Ben Backwith was a walk-on. We beat Mississippi College and Holmes Community College for him. Ends up being a multi-week SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week. One of the hardest-working, toughest, meanest offensive linemen we've ever had. Came here as a walk-on. And you get out there and ride tackle, it was somewhat interchangeable. You know, we had uh, Charles Sidaway out there for a while. But, uh, you know, we've had some guys that could really play. You know, we've had some guys kind of moved around a little bit. You know, Uh, Justin Sr. was the guy that was part of that mix as well. But, you know, by and large, when we have gone and built an offensive line that has been successful over the years, it has been a group of guys that are kind of like the, uh, you know, Kind of like the garbage pail kids. I mean, just, you know, guys that, uh, you know, not a lot of people wanted. And so as a result, they used that disrespect as fuel. And then John Hevesy got a ton out of that. Because I think John in many ways kind of saw himself as a bit of an underdog too. And uh, so I see some of that same attribute in Mason Miller. You know, had a chance to interview Coach Miller a couple times, and I'll tell you, he is a guy that believes, and it's not, it's not about how many stars you have on signing day. It's about what you create over the course of your career. And so it's about the long game, especially with offensive linemen. It's like people say, well, hey, Steve, who in this class is going to be impact guys? It's always some skill guy or always a safety or something. It's never an offensive lineman. Nobody ever says, hey, this guy is going to be, you know, a groundbreaking guy from day one. It's like we saw with Charles Cross. Charles Cross, one of the highest rated players in Mississippi State history, 
five-star offensive tackle, and he redshirted last year to get a little bit bigger and stronger. And you know what? I think the best thing that ever happened to him was redshirting last year because he's going to have four years to play in this scheme, probably just three. But he's going to have a chance to play in this scheme, uh, and I think that really plays into his skill set pretty well. And so I say all that, to again, we're going to go out and sign some kids on the offensive line. And on signing day, people are going to be like, oh, because we're going to have some of our fans say, oh, well, he only had offers from Southern Miss and Memphis and Middle Tennessee. And then in three years, we're all going to look back and say, can you believe we only beat out Southern Miss and Middle Tennessee for this kid? Can you believe that? this kid? Now that he's going to the NFL? Because that's what's what we do at Mississippi State. We take those guys who are a little under-recruited but, but overly motivated and bring them in here and let them go to work and give them a platform to prove themselves. And then we put them in the National Football League. That's what we do. And that's what will happen with these guys, too. I'm, I'm, I'm actually – I feel better about offensive line recruiting after the weekend than I have at any point. And some people would say, well, Steve, well, that, you know, chemo kid committed to Florida State. Listen, he was never coming. If you deluded yourself into thinking that he was coming, then that's on you. Uh, this is the kid – and as soon as he got the offer from State, he talked favorably with Mississippi State. I reached out to a longtime friend of mine in the state of Florida, a guy that's covered recruiting out there longer than I have. And I said, hey, Hollywood, what's uh, what do you know about this kid? What do you think about this kid? He goes, hey, man, that kid's going to end up at the big three, either Florida, Florida State, or Miami. It, it's He's not leaving the panhandle. And lo and behold, what happens – Florida flips slaughter from Florida State, and then Florida State goes and takes chemo. And that's just kind of how the dominoes fall sometimes. But that kid was never coming. I mean, and so it's like there's no point getting your feelings hurt and all that kind of stuff. And, listen, I get it. You know, people are thinking, you know, what, well, we ought to be getting those kids. You know what? We're not going to beat Florida State for a kid they really want in a panhandle right now. Two years from now, you know, after we've blown some people up and Mike Leach has got his offense in play, and he can say, you know what, it wasn't just a one-trick pony at Texas Tech and then we didn't just get lucky at Washington State. This is who we are and what we do. And you got a better chance of going and getting those kids. But, uh, again, this year is going to be, by and large, a developmental year on the O-line. you got Macklin Pounders. I think you probably take two more in-state kids get you a junior college guy, and then save a spot for somebody else, take you five linemen, let them mature together. But we have recruited pretty well the last couple of years on the offensive line. So I think we're headed in the right direction. And so we'll see how things go. But, again, uh, after the weekend, after speaking to some of these kids, I've got a really good feeling uh, about who's going to be in the class and then uh, what they're going to do kind of going forward. And then we'll see. But uh, I, I think you're going to see some commitment sooner rather than later uh, on the offensive line. Well, folks, it's going to do it for today. As you guys are well aware now, I am uh, no longer working on the new book, Alpha Dogs. You can find all my work at starkvillainsthebook.com. Pretty soon we'll have that Alpha Dogs URL for you, and you'll be able to do your pre-orders for the new book. But uh, we'll have a pre-order date for you very, very soon. It's being laid out. Probably, I would say, maybe a week to 10 days we'll know uh, if when we're going to be available for pre-order. We know when books will be rolling in, and so... You know, the good thing is uh, we expect college football season to move be back just a little bit. Uh, so we hope to be able to have these books for, in your pre-ordered hands uh, before we begin book signings. It's the hope always, but it uh, doesn't always work out that way. But uh, I'm excited for you to read it. And, uh, again, it's it's kind of a – I kind of don't know what to do with myself. I guess that's why I work so hard on recruiting over the weekend. It's because, you know, I'm just kind of sitting around the house and I'm thinking, okay, what can I do? Uh, I'm a bit of a workaholic, but um, be that as it may, you'll be able to see the uh, the benefit and reap the benefits of my uh, workaholic issues. So, uh, again, visit StarkVillainsTheBook.com. You can get personalized copies of Flim Flam and Stark Villains right now. And, uh, listen, that that's going to be available while supplies last. And uh, when they run out, they'll print more. And if you're looking for Stark Villains gear, and you darn well should be, every time I wear a Stark Villain shirt, somebody says, hey, where did you get that? Without fail, whether I go to Walmart, whether I go to a ball game, whether I'm shooting pool at Rick's or Dave's, there's always somebody that says, where did you get that shirt? StarkVillains.com. Go get one for yourself. Get hoodies, T-shirts. And if you're in the Starkville area, you can probably get one for your kid in their school colors. Again, that's StarkVillains.com. Well, that's going to do it for today. Be back on Wednesday. Looking forward to being back. No clue what we'll talk about then. Hopefully it's all good news. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.